Think big. Think positive. Never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Nothing you have ever experienced can prepare you for the unbridled carnage you're about to witness. Right. Super Bowl, the World Series, they don't know what pressure is. In this building, it's either kill or be killed. You make no friends in the pits and you take no prisoners. One minute, you're up half a million in soybeans, and the next, boom. Your kids don't go to college and they've repossessed your Bentley. Are you with me? Hello and welcome to Turner's Take Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Turner, author of Turner's Take Newsletter, and I am a broker here at Stonex. I specialize in grains and oil seeds. Uh, the team behind me uh, is all about the energy markets. The guys in front of me, experts in livestock and protein. We also have experts here in fertilizer and plastics and interest rates, currencies, metals. You name it, it has to do with futures, commodities, options. Um, we've got it here. We also are in involved in the, the OTC and swaps market, and, and I do consulting um, and work with people on hedge plans. So if you have any questions uh, about uh, futures, options, commodities, please let us know. My number is 312-706-7610, or you can email me at craig.turner at stonex.com. If you like the podcast, please go on over to iTunes, give us a positive review. If you go to turnerstake.com, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter. And there's also links in the podcast for Turner's Take Weekly. If you are a client of mine here at StoneX, you can get it for free. Otherwise, it is $500 a month. Um, and you can subscribe to it through, uh, through StoneX. Um, one, you know, I've been doing Turner's Take here for, man, 13 years, I want to say. 13 as a newsletter, as a podcast, maybe six. And we're going to rebrand, you know, now that we're part of StoneX and StoneX is a Fortune 500 company, um, which is a lot different than the old 50 person outfit that I started with of Daniel's Trading back in 2007. But we are now all part of StoneX the, uh, and aboard the mothership. And we will be changing the branding of this of this podcast. It will be probably in the next month or so StoneX Grains and Oil Seats uh, with with Craig Turner. So. You're not gonna have to change anything. It'll change automatically in your feed. You may see a different name. You may see uh, some different artwork. Corporate is actually gonna throw some money at it and make it look a lot nicer, polish it up. Uh, so it doesn't look like a one man show around here, but, and we're excited for that. But uh, you know, with that comes with the corporate branding. Uh, so it's gonna be Stonex grains and oil seeds with Craig Turner. So we're looking forward to that. I'll, I'll probably gonna be for a month or so before that happens. So let's get into it here. Um, I want to talk about the WASD first a little bit after reviewing it. Uh, the wheat numbers were very interesting. I, I may have talked about it on the last podcast, but I keep on, I mean, I keep on coming back to it. Uh, exports for soft red winter wheat were higher than hard red winter wheat. I cannot remember the last time I saw that. The ending stocks for soft red winter wheat Stock to usage under 30%. It's in the high 20s. The hard red winter wheat ending stocks was 48%, nearly like nearly 50%. Um, listen, the spread between Chicago and Kansas City, you know, at one point, like after the war in 
Ukraine broke out. And remember, Ukraine, their winter wheat is basically hardwood winter wheat, the Kansas City contract. Uh, very similar, if not identical to that, to that wheat out there um, in Ukraine. And Kansas City soared, and I mean soared above Chicago. It was a dollar. It was a dollar. Kansas City was a dollar over Chicago. Easy. Um, today, July Kansas City wheat versus July Chicago is even. And even though there still are issues in the Black Sea and there's still tightness of wheat in the world, because the remember wheat trades, Chicago board trades, so you know, heavily influenced by what's going on in the US too in the supply and demand. It's at even. We're at par, Chicago versus um, Kansas City in July. And honestly, when I'm looking at, and I was, you know, when you take a look at that, you've got to think to yourself, maybe that keeps on going, right? Um, it's. I wrote about it for Turner's Take Premium, and we were talking about, uh, you know, how you may want to, how you may want to play that and look for certain, you know, targets and how far it can go out, but. And if, you, you know, if you're interested in that, you're going to have to subscribe or be a client here. But it is, I'm just going to highlight it. Like, you take a look at that balance sheet. You take a look at, um, you know, how tight we are. Going to be under 30% stock usage in Chicago, and nearly 50 in Kansas City. If you're an experienced spread trader, you know what that means. But it is significant. And I don't see how that comes back into a normal in a normal trading range, because if they're both equally supplied, if they're both equally tight or they're both equally adequate or abundant, Kansas City should trade like 30 to 60 cents over Chicago. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Now, we could get the winter wheat seedings when it comes out along with the January WASDE, and there's always the chance for a surprise. You know, we could see more Chicago wheat acres and less Kansas City acres, and it would help that spread. I don't think that's how it's going to happen. I think, if anything, we're going to see less Chicago wheat acres because the price of December corn is above four bucks, and if you're in the Eastern Corn Belt, I'm about five bucks. And if you're in the if you're in the Eastern Corn Belt and you're seeing these corn over five dollars, and soybeans have been as high as thirteen on the new crop in the high twelves, and Chicago wheat is in the high fives i don't know i just i that does not make an argument for soft red winter wheat acres in eastern corn belt i would actually make the argument you would think soybeans would get in the margin soybeans would get planted first then corn and then at the expense of wheat so so i would so that's that would be bullish for chicago over kansas city on the kansas city side i think it'd be about the same um you know, just when you take a look at what states plant what and how they rotate and, you know, what the, the conditions are in the western um, western belt. We could see acres come down. I know we planted a lot of acres last year um, and probably, you know, and um, when wheat was high. And maybe, you know, you can make the case like winter wheat, maybe the winter wheat acres, the hard red winter would come down. But I it just when you look at the two situations as a percentage wise. I think it's more likely for soft red winter to come down in the eastern belt than hard red winter in the western belt. We'll see. We will find out January 12th when that WASD is released. Um, but uh, that's my gut feeling. That's why I've been uh, you know, talking about it now and, and also writing about it in Turner's Take Premium. All right. 
As far as like, uh, I want to just lead off with that. With the macro markets, money is coming in to the markets. The Fed, they said they didn't, you know, they want to basically lower rates in 2024 three times. That is more dovish than they have been. Um, some traders will make the argument, Fed's throwing in the towel against inflation. They can, you know, the very cynical trader will say they're getting political pressure to do so. Um, the realist, or not realist, I'd say the more pragmatic uh, kind of trader out there would just, uh, I think just, you know, basically the Fed has seen inflation come down. They're probably not getting to 2% anytime soon. The economy is doing well. There are a lot of layoffs. There is some concern about this real estate market. It is showing some cracks. And I think the Fed sees all those. Probably eh, they're probably a little political pressure too. But I think, you know, it's just, it's all encompassing. And so I'm not surprised that they're talking a little bit more dovish. The result though, regardless of why it is or why it's happening or the reason or whatever, doesn't matter, right? That's just commentary and fluff. But what really matters is the trade sees it as bullish, right? Because we are, because inflate, because we do expect three in, uh, interest rate cuts, more money comes in the system. We've been seeing the stock market get bought. We've been seeing more money coming into crude oil, gold, Bitcoin, even just the commodities in general. The, the grain markets have its own kind of thing going on right now. But for all things held constant or things that are viewed as a, inflation play um, or economic expansion kind of play, we've been seeing seeing those markets go up. So that is just on the macro side. That is very interesting. I It's been a while since the money flow has turned a little bit into growth and inflation and away from worrying about the Fed keeping rates longer, you know, higher for longer. So that, that's a significant change in the in the macro environment. As far as you know, I spent some time there on wheat, as far as uh, corn and soybeans go, or before I switch on, you know, spring. The other thing that we haven't talked to spring wheat, as far as spring wheat goes, high demand in Canada, basis is strong. Exports are ahead of pace or at pace here in the United States. High protein wheat is in demand. You can't, you know, the, the nature of the high protein wheat is you, know, you can't increase a protein for a substitute. You can decrease, you know, you can't increase. Um, but there is going to be plenty of hard red winter wheat. It really just comes down to a, a quality issue. So I'm thinking when Chicago wheat gets down to 560, it seems to be a very, very well valued on the world market. And also compared to uh, to corn, um, when it gets to 625, 650 in Chicago, Really, that price competitiveness goes away. Uh, you can make the case that Kansas City should trade in the same pattern because they're probably going to be right on par with each other. And then Minneapolis does deserve it does deserve a, a premium, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that premium puts uh, Minneapolis at seven when Chicago and Kansas City are more in the sixes. So maybe, a, and we'll see if that holds or comes true there. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Soybeans and corn. The soy, the corn balance sheets look bad. If you're a buyer of corn, you're probably just letting it come to you. There's no, there's no real reason to get aggressive in the back end at the moment. Um, 
And then on the front end, you know, the, it, it's we've been looking at straddles, short straddles on the old crop. I don't see any home run plays in corn. I really don't. Upside or downside. Uh, it, it's hard to, for corn to break through 450 and 460 if beans are tight, which they are, and will likely be tight at least until South American harvest is a long way off and that crop's nowhere close to being made. And they're talking about moving. We started off the year in South uh, in Brazil. Estimates of soybeans are about 165 million metric tons. And now the private analysts, we started off going down to like 60 or 61 with CONAB and the USDA. Uh, but now we're talking about 155 on the, so 10 million metric tons. That's uh, that's real, that's something to take notice of. 10 million extra tons is about 360 million bushels. Maybe 100, 150 would normally come back to the United States as export demand. United States doesn't have excess export demand for 100, certainly not 150 million bushels when carryouts sitting around 250. So if that's true, then we've got real price rationing. And you can make the argument $13 is price rationing, and I can I can buy that, uh, or $12.50 on new crop and $13 on old crop. Uh, but if demand picks up from China, and they start buying more than that's estimated by the USDA. And we continue to have weather issues in South America. You know, things can get hairy pretty fast to the upside for soybeans. So soybeans is a very interesting market. Um, I was writing about it earlier. And my, you know, if you, if you take a look at the balance sheets and the scenarios that we have, if you're a subscriber to Turner Stick Premium, you can see those. You can see those uh, those balance sheets and how how tight or loose things can get with relatively small changes on the balance sheets. Just the the, the massive swings or potential swings you can have to the upside or the downside with soybeans coming this year. So I found so as as much as corn looks like a range bound market, I think it's kind of the opposite on the potential setup for soybeans. Um, and that's where we are on the on the grain and oil seed markets. I so I'm kind of friendly to beans on these big dips. I think corn just goes up and down. And my opinion on wheat here, in a well-supplied market, my opinion on wheat is always still deferred. I don't care if you're a speculator or you have your farmer, or you have price risk, you know, associated to wheat. In a well-supplied market, the carry gets so high, you're almost just better off selling to the deferreds and trying to collect the carry. Um, and that's usually my uh, my answer for all, you know, I'll, I'll answer wheat, you know, what should you do with wheat? I'll, I'll use that answer for years at a time. Um, but Kansas City against Chicago is another one. And I have a feeling Chicago is going to be at par or premium Kansas City for a while. I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's a flash in the pan type move. We'll see. But that's the balance sheet suggests they should be trading on par or maybe in Chicago, maybe even higher than Kansas city. So that is kind of the view on the grain and oil seed markets. The next wise report is not until Jan 12. Jan 12 is a big one. January wise report also get the winter seedings and you get the, the end, the, uh, the quarterly ending stocks, um, these one ending stocks. So big, big report that will be coming out in January. I will be at, Kansas City for FarmCon. I think it's right after New Year's. 
It's like that third and fourth. It's that Wednesday and Thursday. So if you're going to be in Kansas City at FarmCon, uh, let me know. StoneX will have a booth there. I will be at the booth. StoneX also has a table at that conference um, for the presentations. I'm assuming we'll have a little StoneX flag or sign on it. So if you are there, you can look for me at the booth um, or in the hall, or you can look for me at the StoneX table. Really should be at one of those two places over those two days. So that'll be that'll be pretty good. Um, as for energy markets go, it did. We had a pop today in natural gas after getting beaten up pretty good. Uh, forecasts are getting colder. It's really what it comes down to. Forecasts have been very warm, and we have been very warm, and the demand just hasn't been there because of the warm and the normal temperatures. And now in the forecast, things are kind of getting colder for the end of December and into January, and you could see a rebound. As far as crude oil goes, man, we get back down to $70. You hear OPEC talking about cuts. Um, and market reacts to it. We also have that money flow because of the Fed and you know, the, the recent language changes to you know rate cuts for 2024. And that certainly helps crude too. So I still think crude is a range-bound market. You get down to 70 and below, there really seems to be some value there. Oh, something usually tries to come into the market and save it, whether it be the last thing with the Fed that came out or, or OPEC in Saudi Arabia talking about uh, lower production. Uh, in the long term, eventually you got to think crude breaks out. I don't know when that happens, but when the economy does start turning, you would think crude, when I say turning, turning to the better, you would think crude would really, has one of the better chances to really take off. If we start having a high crude oil de um, demand and supply may not be able to keep up. Um, what, what also might not be able to keep up is the refinery capacity for our Bob gasoline and, and heating oil slash uh, like diesel and distillates. So still, I'm still friendly on the energy markets for right now. We are range bound. You can play those ranges, but at some point I think it's likely crude is higher rather than lower meaning that if and when we do break out, we break out to the upside because of real economic growth um, and a stabilization of, of the economy, um, as opposed to breaking down to 60 or 50, which could happen, I guess, if you get some very severe recession and market crash, right? So and that's kind of just, uh, and that's how it works for, for the crude market. So that is pretty much it. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah. Um, for everyone out there, it is December 21st. Things get real slow between now and New Year's. I am in the office. If you want to chat, give me a call, shoot me a text, send me an email. Uh, usually, got time <laughs> for the in the lab. I mean, I work. Um, I'm working from home. I'll work during the green hours. Uh, so, and there's usually not a whole lot going on. So, if you want to talk, let me know. Um, yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, you can give us a positive review on iTunes. Be on the lookout for that name change. The feed will stay the same. You'll still get it. And, um, uh, and if you're going to be in Kansas City for FarmCon, let me know. Yeah.
Have a great week, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Talk to you all soon. This material is conveyed as a solicitation for entering into a derivatives transaction. This material has been prepared by a Daniels Trading Broker who provides research market commentary and trade recommendations as part of his or her solicitation for accounts and solicitation for trades. Daniels Trading, its principals, brokers, and employees may trade in derivatives for their own accounts or for the accounts of others. Due to various factors, such as risk tolerance, margin requirements, trading objectives, short-term versus long-term strategies, technical versus fundamental market analysis, and other factors, such trading may result in the initiation or liquidation of positions that are different from or contrary to the opinions and recommendations contained therein. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future performance. The risk of loss in trading futures contracts or commodity options can be substantial, and therefore, investors should understand the risks involved in taking leveraged positions and must assume responsibility for the risks associated with such investments and for their results. You should carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for you in light of your circumstances and financial resources. You should read the risk disclosure accessed at www.danielstrading.com. Daniels Trading is not affiliated with, nor does it endorse any trading system, newsletter, or similar service. Daniels Trading does not guarantee or verify any performance claims made by such systems or services.